Welcome to Disco Coolia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Disco Coolia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Disco Coolia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Bringing math to your child's life, adding a pathway to mathematical success, four ways to learn the numbers 1 to 10, subtraction without regrouping, and rake and wreck all over the world. This is our podcast for week 26 in 2022. We welcome Dr. Schroeder, the founder of Disco Fulia Services, to help us with a few links for the week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Yeah, always great to be here. Yeah, okay, that is good because, uh, you know, we try to do our best, but, you know, just a plain link and the and the one or two line description just doesn't give us enough of the, the detail. And so it's always great to hear your explanations uh, with it. Now, our first one is about bringing math in your child's life. When do you start doing that i mean you know these well, as, little babies <laughs> as early as possible oh dear absolutely um it should be a very natural process and i'm not suggesting that you should schedule time with your toddler to go over worksheets or <laughs> definitely not no. no bringing math in your child's life can be done easily and naturally it just takes a bit of attention to what you do and how you communicate. Now, this uh, link gives five tips on how to bring math in your child's life by the National Association uh, for the Education of Young Children, NAEYC, very good organization. For example, what you can do is build something together, Legos, blocks, sticks, whatever you have, and uh, get them involved in, for instance, baking. That That is wonderful. They love it, and they can even eat the result. Couldn't be, math be better? Then uh, measure things. How long is your desk? How big is your shoe? Who has the biggest shoes? And then count and write it down. Record how large, long, high... Uh, something is. Kids love that. And and um, one of the, the prized activities is uh, get some butcher paper, put your child on the butcher paper and draw around your child with a uh, Sharpie or whatever you have and hang that up and you can measure arm length and, and the total length and the um, legs length and so on. And they they really enjoy that. Okay. okay, and another thing, a uh-huh. stopwatch. Measuring time, stopwatch is also an absolute hit. Then um, plan a dinner, or even uh, more exciting, plan a party. What do you need for a party? And uh, talk about where you can get it, how much the price would be, you add up some money, something like that is also... Um, really good for for math okay um so making math a part of your bedtime reading is also a wonderful plan and you can find all books that have some shapes and numbers and patterns in them i only got fairy tales like jack and the beanstalk okay well and uh, they didn't count the beans (laughs) well that (laughs) might be might be a little addition (laughs) 
Um, oh, by the way, there's also a wonderful site with ideas about that. It's uh, bedtimemath.org. And if you put your uh, number in there, your um, email, they can send you a picture about something in real life. And that has a connection with numbers and counting. And they have different levels oh, for nice. younger children, older children. Okay. So it's very easy. It's even free. You just show the picture on That's your so phone. Nice. And you talk a little bit about how many things they see. Or how many uh, they estimate there are. All kind of uh, fun um, and, and um, light-hearted activities, activities with math. Right. Good, good. I love it. Now, the next link is about adding a pathway to mathematical success. Now, how can we do that? Yes. Um, this is something that we found in the uh, Journal of Experimental uh, Child Psychology. And uh, they focus on making patterns. Now, according to the Pathways to Mathematics model from Lefebvre, uh, that was published in 2010, children's cognitive skills uh, have in, uh, are in three domains, so linguistic, attentional, and quantitative. And they predict what they can do in math right now, currently, but also their future skills in mathematics and okay. achievement. Now, the researchers here extended this model to include an additional cognitive skill um, referring to patterns, and okay. they, they call it patterning. Um, and it's measured by a non-numeric repeating patterning tasks. Right. So, uh, beats on a string with a certain pattern, okay. blocks in a certain and then pattern. That and Absolutely. Uh, okay. And this making patterns, how they did that uh, at the kindergarten age. Could, how well they would do that uh, was linked to how they would do in first grade on number sense. And also with older children, it predicted their uh, math skills, arithmetic, and problem solving. So it's amazing. Uh, the, the patterning was a selective predictor of math skills. Great research. And, uh, so that's wonderful. So that's just an additional... Uh, pathway that they've added, like right, get and, busy and with you can with your child. you can do that with your uh, child. Uh, start with uh, color coloring patterns; right. they love it, and uh, you can uh, start with uh, easy A B A B patterns, and then make it into A B C, or have one of the letters uh, coming up uh, two or three times, and um, make a pattern. Ask your child what will be the next one, and also ask your child to make a pattern for you. Maybe you could even, on purpose, make a mistake, put in the wrong color, and have your child correct you, and they will feel so proud. And I can tell oh, you, dear, dear. that's a recipe <laughs> for success. Yeah. Okay. Well, our next link uh, promises another way to learn the numbers 1 to 10. I'm very curious about that. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, research uh, that was done by uh, three researchers at the University of Gothenburg in Sweden, uh, they did an analysis of no less than 
2,184 observations of four to seven-year-olds. That's in Sweden? That's all the kids in Sweden. Right? <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody left. <laughs> uh, uh, solving. So th those kids were solving um, number tasks, ar arithmetic tasks. Okay. And they placed the focus on uh, the way how they experienced the numbers uh, and that was the observation they did uh, in those children. So maybe get a little bit technical here, but um, the aspects found to be necessary for those children to see or to discern in order to um, make progress with their arithmetic were first, the modes of number representation. So uh, on your fingers and, and making tally marks or laying out blocks or anything. Then the ordinality, that they really knew the order of the number uh, words. Because um, some children um, can say 10 number words, but not exactly in the correct order. So that is <laughs> yes. important. Then the cardinality, which means that if you, in a counting series, the last word that you say, the last number, well, that is the total right, quantity the total. of that uh -huh. uh, set. And then... What was uh, also mentioned um, last week, part, part, whole relationship. And all the subcategories in there, that they differentiate parts and whole, that they can decompose a number, um, that they realize that um, you can um, switch it out. So if you have two and you add one, you get three. But if you start with the one and then you add the two, you also get three. And the inverse relationship between, and that is really important, and that is lacking with a lot of students that we see with dyscalculia, the inverse relationship between addition and subtraction. So sometimes they uh, memorize a lot of addition facts, but they don't realize that you can use those same thing right, for, subtraction, for subtraction, doing right. it backwards. Right. right. Okay. So in the paper, um, they discuss particularly how... Um, the discernment, how they see the aspects, um, that opens up more powerful ways to perceiving numbers. Uh, and um, our way of describing arithmetic skills in terms of uh, aspects of numbers makes it possible to explain why children cannot use certain strategies. Right. Because if you don't see that subtraction is like backward or inverse addition that and that all strategy. the strategies right. that are based on that are kind of out of the, out of the window yes right. exactly so you need to get that uh, in place first in other words the way the researchers describe what the children can already do with numbers shows where they are and what is the next stage for them that they can uh, learn so, uh, and then this is all based, obviously, on the numbers from uh, right, 1 to right, 10. Right. And it's important that they learn to perceive the numbers in ways that emphasize the relational aspect of numbers, not just the rote memory of the words that they rattle off. But right. what is the relationship yes. between 4 and 6? Well, 6 is 2 more than 4, and 4 is 2 less than 6, and... 
uh, there's only one number in between, which is the five. All those relationships within the ten numbers, That's what they that is know. what okay. uh, really helps. So Good. unrelated to this, uh, we have actually developed a free tool for teachers and tutors where they uh, get a guided math interview about addition and subtraction and also about multiplication and division. And then the computer analysis provides an overview of what stage the children are at this moment for that math skill. And based on that, what is the next phase that um, is within reach for them? And a few suggestions for activities to help to get them there faster. So well, it's available. Yeah. yeah, it's available for free at uh, mathstrategy.org. Mathstrategy.org. Well, my dear listeners, go there and check out the tool. Sounds good. The next link is about subtraction, but now without regrouping. How is that possible? Yeah, this, uh, this is one of the more complicated topics to go over with children is actually regrouping. And, and sometimes it was still called borrowing, although... I, I got always confused when they told that to me in, in my elementary school. That was actually years ago. Because you you never give that number back that you so-called borrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so regrouping it is. It yeah. is regrouping. And, and that makes it also very easy to show if you shuffle over a 10 in your base 10 mod from the 10s column to the 1s column. You just pull it over a few uh, inches and, and you're not, there's no boring going on. Right. There's no uh, go to the neighbors and tell them that you need an egg or something. Anyway, um, now, uh, if your child continues to have problems with the regrouping, you're not alone. And you may be able to solve it by introducing this new routine. And... I would suggest that you write it down so that you see it yourself. Um, so let me explain what's going on. They need to know the place value first. So where are the hundreds, the tens, and the ones? And it really helps if you make little columns for that uh, or you use uh, square paper so that uh, all the hundreds numbers are underneath neatly aligned and the tens numbers are also neatly aligned and the ones numbers uh, are neatly aligned. Or you can color code them or highlight them in the same uh, color. Now, for example, this problem. If you need to do 542 minus 385, you would see normally that you would need to regroup because uh, the 5 needs to be subtracted, and you only have 2 in your 1's column. Right. So you need to regroup um, the 4 in the 10's place, the make that into a 3, that is 3 10's, yes. and then that 10 uh, goes to the 1's place, and instead of 2, you have 12. Right. So how well and you then do you it? can subtract the 5, and so on and so forth. So if kids understand it that way, Fantastic. But here's a different routine that actually does not do that, but just writes down the actual outcomes. So okay. you do the difference between 2 and 5 in the 1's column. Right. 
And what do those kids uh, automatically do? Also, sometimes they have heard the mantra that you can only subtract a smaller number from a bigger number. So they subtract the 2 from the 5, which is a 3. Now, this is a negative 3 because you're subtracting the 5 and look in front of the number uh, of the 385, there was the minus. Right. So if you start with that number, with the minus number, you need to start with writing a minus in the answer. So instead of just writing down 3, you write down minus 3. Okay. Then you look at the tens column. Same issue. Same thing. 4 minus 8. You cannot do that in the normal uh, algorithm. But here, what's the difference between 8 and 4, which is a... Clearly a 4, you write down the 4. But think about this. You started with the 8. And the 8 has a minus in front of him. So you need to write that minus also okay. in your answer. So now we have minus 3 in the 1's column, okay. minus 4 in the 10's column. And then the last one is uh, just 5 minus 3. Here, the 5, the biggest number, did not have a minus. Right. It was the number on top. Uh, and the answer is just a 2, not a minus 2. Okay. So, now you start with the hundreds, so you have 2 in the hundreds column. Right. Let your children write 2 in the hundreds column separately as 200. Right. Then subtract the answer from the tens. That says minus 4. Minus 4 tens is minus 40. Okay. So... Well, that obviously hopefully, is easier for them, the 200 Hopefully, minus 40. they will be able to do yeah. 200 minus 40. But that relates if to not, a 10, which is easier It for relates them. to 10s. Maybe right. if they need to count back in 10s, 190, 180, 170, 160, even Maybe that is good. Maybe they need to have a number line with 10s on it, and they use yeah. four steps backward. Also nice. So now you are... Uh, 260, and then you still have to uh, minus 3 in the ones column. And um, so you do most deal. kids do know that 160 minus 3 is 157. If not, um, they can count backwards, 159, 158, yeah. and 157, and they get the right answer without uh, having to regroup only thing they need to remember is when they start with the number to subtract as a minus, the one that was on the lower the line, answer becomes a then the problem. answer also has a negative, a minus. Yeah, it and works. I'm, and I, again, I'm going to say, my dear listeners, I'm so sorry. We need to upgrade this podcast to make it a video podcast because then you could have seen all the scribbles that Dr. Schroeder <laughs> has put here on her yellow pad. With, with graph paper, it's amazing. But, yeah, you uh, really need to follow this and yes. write it out along. And keep it in the same blocks and the same columns. And then you see what's going on, right. and it's a really easy uh, system. Well, it brings us to our last link for the week. Um, and and uh, you'll like this, I hope, or maybe not. Uh, but it talks about the rake and rack and where it all gets made. Yeah, yeah. We found this on Twitter where Bernie Westacott shared... 
that the originally Dutch invention of Rickenrack is now even locally manufactured in Jinja, Uganda, there of all go. places, ready for when he goes out there to teach it to schools. So wonderful to see how well that little invention still finds new audiences to learn about it and help children with it. it the tool is so simple and yet so versatile and wonderful. And unfortunately, it is uh, often used just to so-called see a number instead of doing all the calculations with it. Uh -huh. That was what it was really made for. So Again, it's not about the tools, it's about the talk. So. Yeah, and, <laughs> and what you do with it, it not, just, yeah. not just static numbers, but um, adding things, also using unknown add-ins and figuring out uh, a total what you what you need to add, so to say, uh, and it's um, it's a real interesting thing. Uh, we actually developed a whole module for schools um, that I regularly present, where I show elementary teachers how to use the Rec and Rec in the curriculum that their school uses, because it is not tied to one specific curriculum. Okay. It's completely curriculum free. It's a wonderful tool. Um, and, and teachers love it, not only because the math you can teach uh, hands-on, but also because it's very practical. Uh, there are no beats or blocks that can roll all over the place. It is all <laughs> it's contained to that one, in, that, uh, uh, in that tool. One thing. That's so handy, too. Thanks to uh, Adrian Treffers, who um, at the, the University of okay. Utrecht um, invented this uh, this little tool. You should see how proud Dr. Sergeant now shows herself as being native Dutch. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Dr. Schroeder, for your insights. Interesting as every week. We hope you can uh, make it back next week. And uh, we promise to find nice links uh, for you. Dr. Schroeder, obviously the founder of Discoculia Services. It is the height of the summer, my dear listeners. This is the time you have to go to Ibiza, lie on the beach, but while you're doing that, even from your phone or your tablet, <laughs> even from your phone or your tablet, you can access discoculiatutortraining.org and start your lessons right there. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook. We have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.